Hey, welcome to another exciting podcast from Freedom House Church. My name is Troy Maxwell. I'm the senior pastor of our church. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, which means we have different communicators at all of our different locations. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from one of our teaching teams. I know that it will bless you. You will walk away changed. So enjoy this message. Hello, Freedom House. It is so good to be here with you today. Somebody saw me yesterday and said, man, I haven't seen you in forever. And I was like, I'm here every week because I'm here on Saturdays. But I thought, man, I've been preaching at other campuses. I was like, man, it's been a month since I've been here on a Sunday. And I miss you guys. You guys are looking good today. Well, my name is Olin Carter. For those of you who don't know me, um, I serve on our teaching team, which is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, in my life, just the biggest blessing for me. And um, I just want to give our pastor some honor real quick, Pastor Troy and Penny. Give it up for them. Just for empowering a team of communicators, leaders. Um, and if you go to Freedom House for about 10 minutes, you know, I mean, we're going to get you involved in something. We're going to get you plugged into something. You're not just going to sit. This isn't a church where you just come and sit and leave and go out. We're going to get you involved in something. I think that's really, really good. And um, we do want to welcome those that are joining us online. As Bob mentioned, we have people all over the world. Bonjour, people in France. Give it up, France, Jamaica, all these other states. Welcome. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We are so glad you are with us. And before we get into the message, I just want to encourage you. This whole month, we've been talking about kingdom builders. What is a kingdom builder? It's just a person that commits to help grow the vision of this church by giving above and beyond your normal tithe. And um, I'm not going to ask you to give anything today, but what I am going to ask you to do is this. There is a Kingdom Builders card there in the seat back pocket in front of you. And we just ask you to pick that card up and take it home and just get with your family and pray about it. Pray about whether you should be a part of our Kingdom Builders team. And it's not a fundraiser. Um, Kingdom Builders here at Freedom House is, is a Kingdom Builders a person. It's a team that we're a part of. It's people who have the gift of giving and who want to see our reach, everything we do here as a church grow. So I want to encourage you to take part in that. Take that card home. Put it on the refrigerator. Just begin to pray. Ask God, God, what would you have me do? Would you have me to be a part of this team? Because how many of you know we're a winning team? Amen. You can see everything that we're doing as a church, we're a, we're a winning team. And so um, it's exciting to be a part of that. And so we've been, part, we've been talking about this series First things first. First things first. All about priorities. And each and every week we've been really focusing in on finances, the priority of finances. I think everybody's touched on that. And I'm going to talk about it today, but I'm going to talk about it from a little bit of a different angle, a different perspective. And what I want to talk to you about today is the priority of your why. The priority of your why. You know, sometimes we talk about giving in church. We talk about tithing. But you know, the most important thing about your giving is the why behind your giving. How do you give? Is your giving pleasing to God? Man, I would hate to go to church my whole life, get to heaven, and then find out every dime I gave, I never pleased my father. That wouldn't be very good, would it? And you know what? The reason we should give is because we want to please the heart of our father. We want to make God happy. We want to bring God joy. What God has done in our lives should spur in us this, this gift of giving, this grace of giving. We should be overflowing, wanting to give, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to make it real clear. I am not here today to talk you into giving money. Amen. 
Somebody say amen. I'm not here today to talk you into giving money. This is what I'm here to do. I believe if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a little flame burning. I'm here to pour some gasoline on it. I believe that in you there is a grace, there is a gift. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures that it is totally appropriate. The apostles did this. The first, the early church did this. They would spur each other on, sometimes with a little competition. Man, they would, they would try to fire up that gift inside of them to be generous because you know what? We are never more like God than when we're generous. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he that he gave. And so I believe that's part of being a Christian. I just want to stir that up in you today. And so we're going to start out in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to read verses 5 through 7 today. And we're going to talk about something very, very, very important. And starting in verse 5, it says, So I thought it necessary, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Now, if they promised a generous gift, that means there can be a gift that's not generous, right? And sometimes we give, but it's not always generous. We're going to talk a little bit about this word today and what generous means in the New Testament in the Greek, but it's, it's very similar to sincerity. And when we give, God wants us to give a certain way. It's not just important to drop a few bucks in the, the container as it passes by, but it's important how we give. Amen? Amen? And he says, so then it will be ready as, again, a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this, whosoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, before we go on, I want to I park it right here for a minute because I want to tackle a, an issue in the church today. How many of you in here have heard the term prosperity gospel? Anybody heard that term? We as a church do not preach, nor do we believe in the prosperity gospel, okay? And sometimes as believers and followers of Jesus, as soon as you bring up money, people immediately go because we've seen it on TV, we've seen a lot of excess We've seen pastors and preachers preach things that maybe take things a little bit too far. And so we begin to get a little nervous when we talk about money because we go, wait a minute, I don't want to be associated with that. And But the prosperity gospel takes the truth of God's word, but it takes it to an extreme. It takes it to an extreme. Last week, if you were here, Pastor Penny told a story. And when she told the story, it hit me how it applied to this, what I wanted to share with you today. She said every time they would take a road trip as a family, they would go into a convenience store and they would stop, not for gas, but they always wanted to get some treats. So if you've ever traveled with Pastor Penny, she loves Funyuns. She is going to get her bag of Funyuns. I mean, that's just her thing. But she said, you know, her kids would want some candy. Maybe they would want a candy bar. Maybe they would want some Skittles. And one time, one of their daughters got some Skittles. They get back in the car, and Pastor Troy said, hey, give me one Skittle. And the daughter said, these are my Skittles can't have any of these. If you wanted Skittles, you should have bought you a bag while you were in the store. Well, that's not a great thing to say when your dad's a pastor, right? You know you're going to get a lesson. And so Pastor Troy begins to, to teach her, you know, hey, number one, I can buy all the Skittles in the store if I want to, but I bought that bag for you, and are you so selfish? You can't even give me one? You can't even share one Skittle with me? 
And man, I begin to think about that. And you know what the prosperity gospel teaches? The prosperity gospel teaches, number one, it teaches that the gospel's about prosperity, which it's not. But number two, it teaches that God, our Father, every time we stop by the convenience store, he wants us to buy every Skittle in the store. He wants to buy out the store. He wants to buy every Skittle in the store. He wants to buy us the store. And how many of you know that doesn't happen, right? That's not our Father. But here's the problem. We see, we hear that excess. We hear that talk and go, that's not right. Everybody doesn't get their own private jet. I don't drive to church in a Bentley. That's, that's, that's a little excessive there, that prosperity stuff. That's not right. And then what, would, what we do is we take it and we throw the baby out with the bathwater. Then we say, well, you know what? God just must not bless anybody. God, if you give, God won't take care of you. If you give generously, God won't bless you. And that's not true either. It's not good to take an excess and go to the other extreme and say, man, my, my father won't buy me any Skittles. I believe we have a father in heaven that wants to provide for us. Amen? And you know what? A good father isn't going to buy his kid two crates of Skittles because he knows it's not good for you. But we have a father that's good enough to buy us exactly what we need, to provide exactly for our needs. And just because the prosperity gospel takes things to an extreme, it doesn't mean that we throw all of God's provision and blessing out. It doesn't mean that that's totally wrong. And so what I want to make sure you understand today is that the gospel is not about prosperity, but prosperity is in the gospel. The gospel is not all about prosperity, but prosperity is in the gospel. God does care for us. God does want to provide for us. We just read a verse right there that says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. That's not my opinion. That's in the scripture, right? Are we going to rip that page out of our Bible because somebody got it wrong? That's not what we do. I had a guy I used to work with years ago telling me he didn't go to church because, you know, all them preachers are fakes and phonies and there's so many hypocrites in the church. You know, some of y'all are hypocrites. I'm probably, I'm probably good, but I mean, there's, there's, there's hypocrites in church, right? I mean, we've run into them before. There's hypocrites in church. And I said, man, you know what? You're probably right. There's a lot of fake preachers out there. There's counterfeits everywhere. I said, man, you got your wallet on you? And he said, yeah, what's up? And I said, well, just take your wallet out for a second. He said, well, why? And I said, just take it out. I said, you got any 20s in there? He said, well, I got one. I said, well, we'll give it here. He said, why? I'm not give, why am I giving you my 20? I said, well, there's a lot of counterfeit money out there, and I wouldn't want you to be stuck with a fake one. So just give me that 20 to make sure you're safe, right? You know what? Sometimes we want to react because a handful of people get it wrong. That don't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So we got to understand what the Bible is really teaching. So verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves what? A cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's the why and it's the how in our giving that matters. I love the way Paul defines a giver. He doesn't say God loves a disciplined giver. He doesn't say God loves a consistent giver. He doesn't say God loves a bountiful giver. God loves a generous giver. No. He said God loves a cheerful giver. Man, there's something important about the how we give. 
the why behind we get. There's, there's a priority in our why. God, God tells us that he loves a cheerful giver. And the reason I want to talk about that today is because, you know, human nature is not to be generous. It's not natural for us as people to be generous, especially not cheerfully. That's not natural. I am not a morning person. Do I have anybody in the house that will amen me on that one? Not a morning person. Raise your hand if you are not a morning person. People who are morning people drive me crazy. They wake up at 4.30. Well, I used to go on these mission trips, and my associate pastor, he would get up at 4.30 in the morning, and he's just dancing around and singing, and I'm like, you know, my eyes are I'm just, you know, I mean, I can discipline myself to get up. I can make myself, we all have to get to work, right? We all have to do the things we have to do. But I don't like getting up early. If you like getting up early, there is something wrong with you. You need prayer. I mean, pe people tell me, man, I just love this time with the Lord. I just have this, it's my time. I'm like, it's my time too. I'm dreaming. And I'm having, I'm having blessed dreams. I'm, man, my pillow is, you know, I mean, this is wonderful. Man, who wants to get up at 4.30? That's not natural. That's not natural to be a morning person. But you know what? That's the same thing in our giving. I can discipline myself to get up out of bed. I can discipline myself because I've got things to do. I've got to get to work. I can discipline myself to do that. But it's not a joy. Listen, that's how many of us give. We discipline ourselves to give because I know I'm supposed to. I know, I know I've got to tithe. I know I've got to give something. I know I don't want to be greedy, so I'm going to give something. And that's not what God wants for us as Christians. God doesn't want us to be disciplined in our giving. He wants us to be joyous in our giving. He wants to transform us to where we're like that morning person that gets up just dancing and singing. He wants us to give joyfully. He wants us to give rejoicing. I remember a pastor friend told me one time, he, he was in Africa and he was in this church and he said it took an hour to take up the offering because when the pastor got up and said, we're going to receive the offering, he said everybody got up and they just began to dance around the church for an hour, bringing their offering up, putting it, because they were so thankful that they got the opportunity to give. That's the heart that God wants in his children. He doesn't want us coming to him and saying, oh God, I guess I'm, here's my tithe if I have to do it. No, he wants it coming out of our heart. Man, he wants us joyful. He wants us, man, when we're thought, thinking about our time, we should be, thank you, God, I get to tithe. Thank you, God, I get to give. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be generous that you've blessed me. That's how our giving should flow. So I want to talk to you a few minutes about the disciplined giver versus the cheerful giver. The disciplined giver versus the cheerful giver. The disciplined giver gives because we are supposed to. I give because, well, I'm, I'm supposed to. Because the pastor taught, I'm supposed to pay my tithe. And I'm, I'm supposed to be a kingdom builder. I'm supposed to give. Can I be a little vulnerable with you for a minute? Many years ago, probably 20 years ago, um, in my old church, I, I would give. And, and a little bit about me. I, if you know about the Enneagram, it's a personality test. I'm a three, which means I'm an achiever. I want to win. And so when I, it, 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 unfortunately, it can kind of get into every area of my life. I can get a little excessive. And so when I would give, I would give, I wanted to win. So I gave a lot and I took great pride in my giving. 
And one year, listen, I was number two in the whole church. I was giving a lot of money away, man. And when I met people, and this is the thing too, it was really difficult on me. I've got to have compassion because I also had to win in humility. So I, I wanted to be the biggest giver, but I also had to be the most humble. So I couldn't brag about my giving. So everybody I'm meeting, I'm shaking their hand going, I give more than you. I mean, that's, that was the fault in my head. I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm spiritual because I'm giving all this money away. Listen, how disgusting do you think it was to the heart of God that I'm giving out of some competitive spirit for myself to make me feel spiritual, to make me feel like something big? Is that how God wants us to give? Does God want us to give because we're supposed to? Does he want us to give because we're trying to be spiritual? Does he want us to give so that we can measure up? Well, I give as much as they do, or I'm, I'm okay. Is that really the heart that God wants us to give with? Listen, discipline giving's okay. It's a place to start, but it's not always cheerful. And God loves a I want my giving to please God. And so how can I make sure that my giving pleases God? Listen, discipline giving is a duty, but cheerful giving is a passion. It's a passion. What's the model of giving in the New Testament? Well, we're going to go back a chapter. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're going to read the first few verses. And this is Paul doing to the Corinthian church kind of what I'm trying to do with you today. He was trying to pour a little gasoline on the fire. He was trying to stir them up in their gift of generosity. So he's talking about this other church in Macedonia. And listen to what Paul says. He says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Man, can you feel the passion in their giving? Man, the Bible says that they were poor. They were struggling financially. And you know, the apostles are people. They're just like us. I guarantee you the apostle Paul was talking to the church there in Macedonia saying, listen, guys, it's okay. You guys are struggling. You don't need to give to this offering. You, you can take it. You take a break. It's okay. Man, your, your money's tight right now. I know all of you's lost, you you've lost your jobs, man. The economy's bad. Man, just, just, just take a, a step back this time. It's okay, man. We don't want to put any stress on you. We don't want to put any pressure on you. But what did they do in return? They came to Paul and they said, no. He said, they begged us again and again, please let us give. Man, we want to give. We want to be a part of this offering. Don't take this away from us. Man, we want to be a part. Listen, that's passion. That's not giving because you're supposed to. That's giving because it's in you. That giving's coming out of you. Paul couldn't talk them out of it. Listen, I know sometimes there's some room for us to grow as a church because no one is coming up to me saying, please, can I be a kingdom builder? Please, can I give more? So we got some room to grow, amen? Paul's trying to compare. He's trying to give this church some fuel to their fire to say, look at them. Feel the passion in their giving. Listen, I'm going to step on your toes a little bit, but this is what the Lord told me to share, and it's going to probably tick some of you off, but that's okay. 
Moving the decimal point is not New Testament giving. Just moving the decimal point is not New Testament giving. Sometimes we just want somebody to tell us what to do. How much should I give? Because then I can be done. I can know I've checked the box. It's not that easy. God can ask you to give anything at any time. And guess what? It's all his. It's all his. But here's the cool thing. He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to coerce you. And neither are we. I'm not here today to tell you, you need to give more. No, you need to give what's in your heart to give. It needs to flow out of your heart. Are you excited to give? What are you excited about? Are you passionate about giving? Sometimes we can automate things. And listen, it's good. We want everybody to automate. Man, we've got systems here that make those things easy to make sure we don't forget. That's, that's great. But you know what? We shouldn't treat our tithe like we treat our utility bills. We shouldn't just set it and forget it. Jesus didn't set it and forget it for you. God didn't just put a plan of grace in motion and he's sitting up in heaven going, they'll be all right. He is intricately involved in every aspect of your life. Every moment of every day, God is pursuing you. God is loving you. God is providing for you. The air you're breathing right now comes from God. And that's how he wants us to give. He wants us to be just walking along every day just going, God, I love you. God, just looking for opportunities to give. God, how can I be generous, God? It should be welling up inside of our hearts so much that like we can't stand it. Like we just want to bless somebody. We just want to give to somebody. Listen, it's fun to give. If you've never done it, if you've never experienced the joy of giving, man, you're missing out. Generosity is generated. It comes from joy. Verse 3 says that they gave more than they could even afford, meaning they got so caught up in the sheer joy of giving, they got carried away. You ever got carried away doing something before? Yeah. Think back to your college days. It's funny how when we were in the world and we were drinking and partying and doing drugs, man, we get carried away because it was so much fun. Man, I don't want to stop. Let's stay all night. Let's just lose control. But then when we get saved, well, I must have some moderation. I will give exactly 10, well, my paycheck, make it $427.04. When, when did the gospel say that we got to be so careful about everything? Tithing's not about measuring it out to the last little, little decimal point. No, it's about, you see, the church having so much fun in your giving that you get carried away. It's a blast. Listen, I was with some friends years ago. We, we took somebody out for, a, for like a celebratory dinner, and we're at Outback, and we're out there just talking, and man, the, the Lord just started dealing with us about our waiter, and we said, man, let's just bless this guy. And we're like, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. Let's just bless him. Mother friend was like, I don't know. I'll throw 20 bucks. Well, let's make it 50 bucks. Man, we, I don't remember what we gave the guy, but it was so much that when the waiter got the tip, he freaked out. I mean, he was like, no, 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 no. I can't. Whoa, what are you doing? I mean, it freaked him out. He was like, what are y'all doing? And we said, man, God loves you, and God just wants to bless you. Man, we took that money. I remember I shoved it in his pocket. He wouldn't take it. And I said, God loves you. And I started preaching the gospel to him. I said, man, Jesus died for you. God loves you. Let me tell you something. 
And he got pulled into the thing. I, I, I gave him his thing. I said, listen, pray this prayer. Da, da. So I come back. It's like two months later. I'm back at the restaurant. He sees me. He comes running across the restaurant. He goes, I did it. I prayed, man. Jesus is in my heart. It's changed everything. He was so excited. And then he said, listen. He said, listen. That, the waitress is going to wait on you. I'm going to make sure she gets your table. Get her too. He, man, she needs it. She needs it. Man, so I was preaching to her too. But you know what? Your generosity opens doors. Man, your generosity will open people's hearts. Man, you want to win the world to Jesus? Be generous. Don't worry about preaching and theology and all this. Well, I don't know what to say. Be generous. Just walk around giving people generosity, giving them grace, showing people kindness. If we did that, we'd win the world to Jesus in about a week. If we let go of this grip we've got on everything we own, we'd win people to Jesus. So the church couldn't fill. Man, we, we wouldn't have enough seats for the people that would want to come in this building if we were just generous. If we were just generous. Man, that's what we have to do. Man, our kingdom builder director, uh, Randy McCurry, if you've never met Randy McCurry, he is the most joyful giver you'll ever meet in your life. And that's why he's our kingdom builder director. And I go to lunch with Randy. I go to breakfast with Randy. And I'm telling you, I, a professional athlete or a ninja could not get the check when you're eating with Randy McCurry. Like, he calls the restaurant ahead. I think he threatens the waitress. I'm like, no, give me the check. And she's like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm like, I'm telling you. And she just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, he's planned his generosity ahead. You can't outgive Randy McCurry. That man, and let me tell you, when he does it, man, he's just beaming. He's like, I got you. I mean, he, just, he loves it. He's like, you ain't getting the check. You ain't getting the check, man. And he just loves it. He's so generous. You go out with him, you go do something fun. He pays for everybody. He pays for everything. Why? Because it's in him to do it. Nobody's telling Randy to do that. It's not because he's supposed to. It's because he wants to. It's because it's inside of him. Listen, discipline givers ask, what's the minimum I have to give? That's what a disciplined giver asks. Cheerful givers ask, how can I do more? Disciplined givers are thinking about themselves. Cheerful givers are always interested in others. Disciplined givers see giving as a duty. Cheerful givers see giving as a duty. As a delight. As a delight. Wouldn't you like your giving to be a delight? Listen, sometimes we worry so much about, man, am I going to have enough left over? But if I give, I mean, I, am I going to have enough to pay my bills? So let's think that through. Because sometimes Satan, he'll plant a thought in your head that we never question. You ever taken that thought and just run it to its end? So God wants me to give. And I'm going to give generously. I'm going to bless somebody and help them out. I'm going to buy their groceries. And because I bought their groceries, I'm not going to have enough to pay my mortgage. And I'm going to get foreclosed on. And I'm going to be on the street. Is God going to let that happen? I mean, really, God's going to tell you to give generously. He's going to let you go without. And you're going to stand before God one day and say, I gave so much I went without. Are you ever going to outgive God? Do you think that's possible? 
Do you think it's possible for you to be more generous than God? Think it through. Man, when God asks us to give, it's always with the heart and mind that he's going to bless us back more than we had to begin with. God's not going to let us do without. God's going to provide for us. God's going to take care of us. Man, I want to ask you today, and this is kind of where I want to wrap things up. Is your giving pleasing to God? Is your giving pleasing to God? I want to read you a verse. This is in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And Jesus sat down, it says, he sat down opposite the treasury and he watched the people putting money into the offering box. Imagine that if we did that today. If we had everyone bring their offering up here and we were like, show me to me. How much? Okay, go ahead. Yep. Next. That'd probably offend some people, wouldn't it? But Jesus sat up there and he was watching. He was watching how much they gave. He was watching how they gave. And listen, today, Jesus is watching us as we give. Jesus is watching us. He's paying attention to our heart. He's paying attention to what we do. It says, many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And Jesus is watching our heart. Why is it in the scripture that every time there's an example of giving, it's always somebody that's poor? It's always somebody who doesn't have much. It's a poor widow. Because it's not the amount that we give that matters to God. It doesn't matter if you give more than this person or this person or they give more than you. God doesn't care about that. God's looking at our heart. He's looking like Pastor Troy said. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. It's what's in your heart to give. That's what Jesus is looking for. Man, I heard a story the other day about Billy Graham. That's a great little story. And he, when he was young, he was preaching in this church. And, you know, he's sitting up front. Back then, they'd have the, the guest pastor, I guess, would sit up on the platform. So he's sitting up front, and the offering container came by. And he reached in, he got his wallet, and he had a 10 and he had a 1, which back then was a lot of money. You know, well, not a lot of money, but it was a, more, a lot more than it is today. And he put the $10 bill in, and then he realized, oh, shoot. All I've got left is a dollar to live on this week. He meant to put in the 1. So after the service, but you know, he's up front. He can't take it back out. <laughs> that probably wouldn't have gone over too good. <laughs> so he's on the way home, and he's telling Ruth what had happened. And he said, man, I really blew it. I, I put the $10 in instead of the $1, and I was up front. I couldn't take it back out. And he said, and what makes it worse is, you know, I preached. We got to make it through the whole week. And he said, the church secretary forgot to give me my honorarium. So I didn't get any money, you know, for preaching today. So I don't know how we're going to make it. And Ruth, I love her response. She said, well, she said, it's too bad. You're only going to get credit for the one. Think about that for a minute. It's not what we give. It's our, the intention of our heart. Without skipping a beat, his wife said, hmm, you're only getting credit for the one. Man, 
That should make us think. That should make us think about the how that we give, the how that we give. Listen, God wants us to grow in the grace of our giving. What I don't want to do today is beat you over the head. You're not giving enough. You're not giving, you're not giving good enough. You're not giving right. No, here's what it is. God loves you. God loves it when you give. But God wants us to grow in the grace of giving. He wants us to mature into higher levels of giving by faith. So I was reading this as by Robertson McQuilkin. He ran a huge Christian university, and he writes that maturity of Christians can be measured by both the way and the attitude which they give to the Lord's work. So he suggests some classifications, and I wanted to share this with you today. And I want you to write these scriptures down, and I want you to see if you can find where you're at right now in your giving. Number one, infancy. Infancy is marked by non-giving, illustrated in Luke 12, 16 through 18. That's a story of this man who, not thinking of eternity, not thinking of his soul, he was so greedy, he just hoarded his wealth, he built bigger barns, he was always thinking about more, more, more. And he never gave. So read that scripture, but that's an infant. That's an infant in generosity as someone who just doesn't give at all. Kindergarten is characterized by impulse giving. Like Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, 8. We get emotionally moved because we come to church or we see someone in need. And man, our heart just goes out and so we're emotionally moved and so we give. But we don't give regularly. We're not generous all the time. It's not a part of who we are. We just got emotional that one moment and we gave. That's, that's kindergarten giving. The next thing is elementary school. And that is legalistic giving. Luke eleven forty two. This was the Pharisees. Jesus is rebuking them saying, listen, you're so careful. This Man, they would count down to the, he said, man, to the, even the spices they had in their cupboard, they were careful to tithe. But he said, you have no love and you have no mercy. They had no heart in their giving. They gave purely because they felt like they had to. Then there's high school giving. We give consistently out of obedience to God, like the steward, the good steward in Luke 16. And for a lot of us, that's the move the decimal point giving. That's people we're committed to tithe. We understand the principle that we give God our first 10%, but maybe we've never went beyond that, or maybe it's still a little bit of a struggle, and that's okay if that's where you're at. That's okay, but God wants us to continue to grow. So college level, how do we get college level? Higher levels mature into love giving, as seen in the poor widow that we just read about. Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. Man, we give sacrificially because that's how much we love God. Man, we're moved. We love God, and so that's what we do. And then the final step is graduate school. Graduate level giving is faith giving. It's based on Luke 12, 28. These people give sacrificially, cheerfully, and by faith, trusting God to meet their needs. And, and this is something that I think is so important. When you read that scripture, it says... God, listen, the birds of the field, the flowers, they don't stress and worry about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear. Why? Because God just provides it. How much more does God love us? And this is the ultimate level of giving for us is when we understand I'm not giving to get God to take care of me. I'm not giving so that God will bless me. I don't give so that God will prosper me. I give because he has. 
I give because he does. I give because my faith says, my father's got me. My father takes care of me. Man, my father provides everything I need. And because of what he's done in me, I can't help but be generous. I give out of faith because I trust my father. Man, that's graduate school giving. That's where God wants us all to mature to so that we're not worried. And when needs come up and we see needs in the lives of people, we're ready. Man, we're parents. We're ready to act. We're ready to give because what? Because God takes care of me. I'm not worried about meeting my needs because I'm just a channel through which God meets the needs of others. You can get to a point in your life where you no longer worry about your bills. You no longer worry about yourself. You no longer worry about your kids. You're so focused on meeting the needs of others, God is just continually pouring through you out to other people. Isn't that a better way to live? Not stressed. Man, not worried, not tight, but generous, open-handed. Just, God, I love you. Man, I love people, and I'm looking for opportunities to give. I want to close today just with a little story about pleasing God, and then we're going to pray. Years ago, I was, uh, I was in Nicaragua. We were on this mission trip. We flew out to the coast, and there's this little town called Bluefields. And... Uh, Man, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's this little airstrip. You fly down. You see trees, and it's like, we're about to crash. I mean, you can't even see the runway, and you just land on this little airstrip. And uh, I remember getting off the plane, and there are kids, you know, everywhere. And when Americans come, you know, the kids will just come. And they're like, ooh, you know, can you buy me something, or can you give me some? Give me a dollar. Give me something, you know. And uh, we were walking up, getting our stuff together, and there's this little store. And I'll never forget, there was this little boy. And he was the cutest little kid you've ever seen in your life. And he just wanted something, you know. And I remember Miss Karen, our missions director, she saw him. And he just kind of got her heart, you know. And she said, all right, what do you want? You know, what do you want? And he said, I just, I want, I want chips. I want a bag of chips, you know. And we, we spoke enough broken Spanish. We understood. And we, okay, we'll get you some chips. And so she bought him a bag of chips. She bought a few others for some of the other kids. But after a few minutes, we were getting loaded up and about ready to go. And we noticed that this little boy was standing over holding on to his bag of chips. And all the other kids had ripped theirs open. I mean, they're just, you know, Cheetos all over their face. They're just going to town. And this little boy's just standing there holding his bag. And Miss Karen walked over to him and she said, she said, hey, why, why haven't you eaten your chips? You know, these are for you. They're yours. You can eat them. And he said, no, no. He said, I'm going to take them home and share them with my brothers and sisters. Man, you want to talk about pleasing the heart of your father? What do you think we did when he said that? We went back to that store and said, give us everything. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're buying all the kids stuff. We're just like, man. But more than anything, the joy, the, the, how proud we were of this little boy. Like, man, that's generosity. He could have eaten those chips himself, but he said, no, I care more about my brothers and my sisters. I'm going to take this home. And I'm going to share that with someone else. Man, listen, when you give, when you're truly generous, when you put other people before yourself, man, your Father in heaven stands up. He's just like, man, that's my baby. That's my daughter. That's my son right there. Man, you want to make your Father proud? You want to make God stand up and smile? be generous and not because you have to not because you're supposed to 
because you want to. Man, when you do that, I promise you, you will please the heart of God like you never have before. Will you stand with me today? I want to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. Man, God loves you so, so much. And He loved you before you did anything. You don't have to give to please Him or to earn His approval. We don't we don't, give, we don't do anything as a Christian trying to earn God's approval, trying to earn his love. He loved us first. He loved you first. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave because he saw you. He loved you. He wanted relationship with you. And he wants to change you. He knows that being generous is the only way to live. He knows that if he can change you, like I said earlier, turn you into that morning person, that natural giver, that you just want to go through life blessing others, loving others. Man, he knows that if he can change your heart to live that kind of life, he knows that's better for you. He knows that's the life that you're destined to live. And I want to ask you today, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never put your total faith and trust in him, if you're joining us online today, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to give everybody an opportunity right now. The Bible says it's so easy. It's just by confessing Him as our Lord with our mouth and believing it in our heart. So we're just going to say a prayer together this morning. But if that's you, we just take just a moment. Just lift your hand up. Nobody's looking around. It's just between you and God. But I just want to be able to, to see who I'm praying for. Would you just lift your hand up right now? Amen. Amen. We're going to pray this together. Church, let's pray it with them. Say, Father God, thank you for being generous. You gave first. I received that gift. You gave it freely. I receive it with joy. Save me. Cleanse me. Change me. Put in me your heart. God, I thank you. I am new right now by faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.